Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. If it seems like we've been on a bit of a wrestling kick lately, you're not mistaken, dear listeners, with the hitherto-for impossible return of CM Punk to WWE, there's a whole lot to talk about. So why don't we kick it all off by reviewing a match from over a dozen years ago? Hey, don't look at me. I'm just minding my own business here in my dumpster fire. So if this sucks, go ahead and blame it on the other guy. So here we go with this episode 148, Best in the World 2011 Review. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who once ended an HOA dispute by delivering a textbook Pepsi plunge from the top of a PT cruiser and proceeded to cut a 15-minute promo afterwards. He has been my partner in ADC for over two decades and is probably going to be in litigation for a couple of months next year. I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations, my friend. How are you? I'm doing a hell of a lot better than you are. You didn't even make it to the intro without acting up half along. <laughs> Jeez. If I sound a little nasally and a little bassy, it's because, well, I'm dealing with a bit of a head cold. I give you the man they call emphysema. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is going to be interesting. Uh, well, aside from the fact that you only have like 10% of your normal lung capacity, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing okay. <laughs> See, I was waiting for you to take a sip of the Pellegrino. That way, maybe you'd flush out the nasal passages. It'd be better than a neti pot. <laughs> the spit take would uh, clean me out. Is that what you were shooting for? Yeah, you might have to mop up your keyboard afterwards, but it's a small price to pay. Indeed. And and, and for the listeners, I, I have I have three libations working at the moment. I, I have my, my tea that is slowly turning into ice water uh, because I am down in the... Uh, central command of our abode and uh, it, it's a little chilly down here uh and then i also have uh, my pellegrino and then um from wisconsin driftless glen uh straight single barrel straight bourbon whiskey rated at about 121 proof i'm trying to burn <laughs> this sucker out i think it's working because i'm starting to cough up there's some loose things floating around so. oh, that's lovely that's a lovely thing for the <laughs> listeners really really appreciate that uh sleep sleep tight everybody thinking about yes. you know the <laughs> baseball size horks that the man they call Tim is going to be chucking across his room. Oh, yes. But we will get through it and it will be a, a glorious, glorious show. One beverage for each layer he's wearing. I can see right now he's he's got himself a hoodie underneath, underneath that a t-shirt and then underneath that I believe he has the pink bunny suit from A Christmas Story uh, just for a little extra warmth. Hey, just so you know, I did uh, I, I went to uh, the barbershop early this morning to get my, uh, my holiday trip and uh, I told the guy about the the Macho Man, you know, sweatshirt you got for me last year. Mm-hmm. Sweater, and, sir. Sweater. Oh, sweater. Sorry. Uh, Macho Man sweater. finely knitted sweater <laughs> from some sweatshop somewhere, quite honestly. <laughs> Good Lord. 
So I decided to wear it today, and uh, he he very much appreciated it. So so my my barber Nico uh, was was like respect that that that, that is beautiful. So cre- cream of the crop, couldn't have thought of a better better shot of Macho Man for it. So oh yeah, dude, I've got to give you some props, sir. Because what's you, up? I've I've long said and uh, that when when the hair finally goes for me, and it's and it is, it's making it slow retreat towards the back like it's you know it's it's getting there and at a certain point it's going to just be a losing battle i've already told my wife i told several people when that happens it's just all going um it's it's a it's going to be a a going out of business sale everything must go and then it'll be shaved like you know complete cue ball and then you grow this out you grow the beard out man well exactly but you sir you sir are still the optimism that you embody of just you still go and get get the get the trim you don't I do you don't get the you don't do the bick the shaving it down <coughs> you are a classy gentleman sir thank you and and oh yeah one of the reasons i go to this place um when we were trying to find a place for our boys to get their haircut they have a full head of hair unlike me um but when i went there um, uh thank you thank your mother thank you their mother's side of the family for that absolutely <laughs> and and what 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 i enjoy is uh i get the trim not only of the hair but the beard all at once oh and yeah then totally yep he does the uh, he puts uh puts like shaving cream on on the neck because i have some neck hair i got a little yep. werewolf action in the back oh yeah oh yeah you gotta get <laughs> trims that. that down i mean like that's just stuff i wouldn't normally have done mm-hmm. so Yo, no i, I uh, uh i appreciate you know uh getting proper treatment looking you know this week we have like um wednesday i have a holiday uh gig uh not a gig a, a party of sorts for for work so i want to make sure i'm i'm looking dapper and and uh, proper and not looking like you know sasquatch so <laughs> As much as a bald man can look like Sasquatch. Oh, yeah. So, so, um, yeah. So just, uh, uh, you know, I appreciate it. I, you know, speaking of which, uh, I, I got to share real quick. Over the weekend, we went, uh, my wife and I went to our, our local haunt, uh, Adele's. Of course for, you did. For uh, a fine meal. The um, man they called Tim could barely breathe. He, could, he couldn't even go more than five feet without retching. And yet he still made it. <laughs> For copious amounts of meat and bourbon, I did. Your I did. dedication, sir, is admirable. Well, and when we're there, you know the the uh, the owner uh, the you know the owners are, are, are a couple, and so the the wife is behind the bar, and she she knows I'm I'm into bourbon, so I ask her, oh, what's what's new, and uh, and so uh, I tried a Penelope. So this is a brand I've started really getting into Penelope brand. Um, there's one called Toasted, one called Architect. This one was called Rosé. It was out of a Rosé cask. It was very good. Uh, and uh, so I had that. And then I tried, um, what is it? Uh, Whiskey Acres Blue Popcorn. Uh, that, that That's a local local brand. It's not not popcorn, popcorn. I was going to say, I hope to God no. not. Uh, very smooth, very good. But the funny part is, so I, I, I just had two. That's all I wanted, just two. Getting ready to have my dessert. All of a sudden, uh, you know, the, the husband owner, who's a fellow bourbon aficionado, comes over. He's telling me about these other ones. He's pouring, like, samplers for me from, like, two, three different bottles. I'm just like, boom, boom. And, uh, you know, my wife's looking at me like, are you okay to uh, get us home? I'm like, oh, I'll be fine. <laughs> oh, jeez. I was great. It was great. Oh, we yeah, stayed, it was great. I we mean, stayed I... there a while. We chatted with him. We, you know, let, 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 
nature take its course and we were on our way drove half the way home you know on the wrong side of the road and the other half on the no. sidewalk but you know hey no not at all I'm, I'm not drunk all right i just have a speech impediment but uh but much much appreciate the hospitality there they uh definitely take care of you so yeah, they they still think that you're fat tony glonzo <laughs> The Chicago area mob boss. They're hoping they're getting protection for this. And little do they know, they're screwed. <laughs> protection in the way of my, like, you know, model Star Wars ships that yeah. I have. That's about all I can offer. So one, one day, Umberto Mungananzo is going to come in there and burn the place to his cinder. They're going to be like, where was Fat Tony? <laughs> Godfather. <laughs> Godfather. Where? Well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Need me to program an app? I'll do that. Oh, all right. Well, the week is so funky we ought to get into something here uh what what do we got for the weekend geek here sir all right well hey you know we're gonna go from my my weekend plans to uh what kind of rounds out the weekend going into monday which is <sighs> the fantasy gridiron ladies and gentlemen gosh uh last uh let's see it's been a couple weeks so i am now sitting uh very pretty at uh, seven five and one third place that is right, two games above 500. So I, I made sure Uncle Todd heard from me uh, last week, knowing uh, how much he was gunning for the 500 season. There's still time, sir. There is still time. Well, there is. So tonight and next week are two. So so the next two weeks are the last two games. So if I lose, I still could have a 500 season. If I win tonight, which I am now uh, 62% favored to do, uh, I will lock myself into a above 500 season, thus thwarting your original call. So, you know, and this I, is all with leaving Lamar Jackson on the bench, who put up 67 fantasy points, much to my chagrin. I left Dax Prescott in, who put up 67 last week, close to 70. Uh, he only put up 44. But Debo Samuel, two weeks in a row, this guy is 30 plus points as a wide receiver. Debo is killing it. Uh, right behind him, Brandon Ayuk, also of San Francisco, killing it at 16. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. is killing it. He's doing about 20 a week. Uh, I'm waiting for my two running backs to actually, uh, you know, pour on some more points here. But I am uh, I'm well in hand for a victory here, which will put me at a respectable 8-5-1 and one, uh, going into the playoffs in third place. The gold may stay around the waist. I am the champion from last year. It may remain there nonetheless so a little bit of a fantasy good iron update for y'all sir you know that you know you're not going to find many supporters of of yourself uh more fervent yes. and dedicated than myself sir i am i'm one of your biggest boosters big fan however in this case, I hope you lose. I hope you lose big. Oh, I hope it's I hope it's heart wrenching. I hope it's basically like like you go to the proctologist and he forgot his glasses that day. His prediction. <laughs> prediction. Pain. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. And there's right. still time, quite frankly. Sixty two percent is not exactly overwhelming. So I, I'm, I will give updates as we go. I am clinging to that hope right now. All right. All right. Well, our first story and this uh, and I do believe he read this. 
Because Uncle Todd has been known to send articles to me and not have read them. Oh, yeah, I think I did. He's like, oh, this sounds interesting. Why not? But I read through this and... uh, I'm already doing part of your job. Like, this is your part of the show. Like, I'm actually... Sometimes I'm actually throwing stuff to you. You expect me to read it, too? Excuse... Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, our pre-production meeting, we were eliminating articles. Like, I have a a wide breadth of content to bring to this segment. I am allowing Uncle Todd to bring something to the table. And guess what? Guess guess which ones... we're doing <laughs> what the two that i sent well because they were timely and good why not i mean timely can, and good ladies and gentlemen the, the ones i brought we could wait a week and it doesn't really matter so. as opposed to the ones that tim brought which eh, well they're, they're good they're, they're, they're decent i mean but let's get know. into this one rather than quibble about you know who oh, brought what to the shit. table <laughs> This is, this is like when, when Tim's fantasy team plummets and poops the bed. All of a sudden, that update is like 10 seconds. Now it's like, ah, we're on to the, we're on to the next article. Oh, my gosh. But uh, th- th- this is timely. Given our last episode, we talked about a director who uh, misappropriated funds that he asked for to complete his production of a sci-fi uh, series or, or pilot, at least. And Uncle Todd and I were could have swore it was Sam Esmail, but it wasn't. Well, in timely order, there must have been a tremor in the force because from sci-fi.com, here it comes, folks. Sam Esmail says Peacock's Battlestar Galactica series, quote unquote, probably is going to pilot soon. This is like infrastructure week from a couple a couple of years ago. It's just every, it's always two weeks out. It's always two weeks out. It's like when they say free beer tomorrow. That's exactly what this is. Oh, my gosh. Should be going hysterical. to pilot. This has been like what four years that we've been treading water on this. It should have been a pilot this by now. Started when our show started. We have been because if we are nothing else, we are a we're in the bag for BSG the, the oh, yeah. two thousand series. We are, are ardent fans of it. We have dissected the entire series. We've talked about it multiple times. Wrestling is a close second to our Battlestar Galactica love. True. So when we heard of this, you know, it was kind of interesting. Wanted to get into it, but it's just like every article since then has been the same. It's oh, we're, we're we're kind of working on it. We think we're going to get something. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, sure. let's let's put it this way: you could have built the Galactica in space <laughs> by now. In the time it's taken Sam Esmail to get to the point oh, where he's no. like, we almost have a script that we could maybe start shooting. This this is the quote I love in the very minute, beginning. Actually, of- who's writing this first episode? Is it that dude who did the Game of Thrones books? Because that's Possibly. the only explanation. Possibly. Uh, I love this first quote. This is after the intro paragraph in this article. Quote, uh, this is from Mr. Esmail himself, right from the horse's mouth. We have a great <laughs> outline, and we're probably going to go to pilot soon. Oh, we don't even have a script. We've got an outline, <laughs> which means it's a couple of things that he wrote down on a cocktail napkin. Well, and it gets better. So this es- is right Esmail from the horse's to- mouth. This is from the horse's ass. This is what this is from. <laughs> Esmail told The Hollywood Reporter this week, while promoting his new movie, yes. Leave the World Behind. <laughs> God Almighty! One project at a time, man. Well, no, because it's a Ponzi scheme. So he took all the BSG money and he made this movie. (laughs) He's gonna try to make twenty-seven mil on crypto again, like that other guy. Maybe he's like all he did wrong was he got into that too late. If he'd started, good lord! Oh, what a ridiculous thing! And but the funny thing is, like, I kind of actually want to see that movie. Yeah, I'm I'm very tempted to watch it, Um, but I'm also scared that like every good part is in the trailer. 
and it's just going to suck. Later in the article, it says, it's an encouraging update for a show that was first announced four years ago. I don't know that encouraging would be the adjective I would use there. There's no encouraging updates. (laughs) You're so far behind now. Like, there's no encouragement. It's still like, my gosh, it's like, well, they came in last in the Boston Marathon at... 364 days like they they actually stopped and bought a house and then they man somehow when they were walking their dog they went past the finish line and someone was there with a with a confetti gun went i mean this is this is ridiculous this is absolutely ridiculous it is it is and 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 Uh, one cannot use the writer strike as the sole you know argument for this 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 is not even an argument no i mean at this point you should have an you should have had an outline the writer strike was this year what about the I other think you three and I years? could come up with an outline within a year uh, on on a new BSG. We could come up with an outline in the course of this show. Hell, I made an outline for this show in thirty minutes last night. Yeah, that, it, it's a that, work Sam, of duty. You need to get Tim in on that. I mean, <laughs> wait until he isn't quite as plaguey, and uh, then, then maybe like, <laughs> wait till I've been deloused. Yeah, <laughs> might might need a colon cleanse. <laughs> Stomach pump, good old, good old crusty to cut. A neti pot for both nostrils. <laughs> have you ever used hey, one of those? I, I have. I, I cannot stand them. Oh, I, I hate. It's a terrible experience. But oh, I hate it. It's, it's just sheer desperation at that point where you're like, I will literally do anything. Oh, you refilled. This is working. I know it's working. So I know I, I, know, I know I cough pretty intensely before we started and as we started, but I got to tell you, the last few times I've been laughing, there's there's nothing in there now. This this I is know. working, my friend. I know, but we're six, we're 17 minutes into the show. You're going to be laying on the floor in another 10. <laughs> Tim, what do you think of the CM Punk match? <laughs> I'll be calling your wife. Hey, can you make sure he doesn't choke on his tongue? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's vomit dripping out of his mouth or not, but better safe than sorry. Okay, so this article gets even better because that, oh, as we move along, this. whatever happens, though, Esmail is also clear that he's not going to be taking the reins on the show full time. Really? <laughs> you don't say. Good God. He hasn't even taken the reins on it so far. The no horse kidding. is running, is gallivanting about in the field. There's no reins to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the article kind of ends uh, talking about how for Esmail, take this for what it's worth, um, <laughs> that this reboot has the opportunity to be a show that reflects the times much as more Ronald D. Moores did with uh, the 2000s version reflecting post 9-11 anxieties uh of course with a focus on you know ai and you know how that is going to come to play in society so we will see thing is the show is actually it's going to take place in a timeline current concurrent with earth 2040 Mm -hmm. in the year 2040 and so we're he's just waiting for us to get to 2040 and Mm -hmm. that way it's taking place in present day see he's it's 5d chess is what he's doing indeed all right. Well, un- until until we get the next article, which will let us know that there's actually a s- half a script that's been written. So we're really close to a pilot. Make Probably be in another better. year or two. Yeah. Thank you, Shiki. It does. All right. Well, uh, from our our Sam S mail update to now uh, further disappointing news. Um, this coming by way of uh, TechRadar.com uh, from Uncle Todd. Marvel and Star Wars confirmed Disney Plus shows for 2024, but it's bad news for Andor fans. And what does that mean? Why is it bad news for Andor fans? Well, 
it turns out that due to the writer's strike and the acting strike that has been uh, taking up most of the summer, uh, the time for us to get Andor season two has been shifted out to 2025, it appears. No, so, God, please, no, no. Yes. No. Yes. 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 Uh, so, unfortunately, uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, there's uh, revealed two Star Wars and three Marvel projects will make their debut. Unfortunately, the former is concerned Ender Season 2 isn't among the trio that will arrive in the next 12 months. You are worse than Hulk Hogan. So Star Wars The Acolyte, first live-action production set in the High Republic era. That is one that they announced. Um, Star Wars dan, Skeleton Crew. Dan, 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 dan. Ooh, <laughs> we got to work some JBL and some uh, Ron Simmons in there. Like Just, maybe as, Is know, it because that's an animated <clears throat> show, isn't it? No, it's, it's live action. Oh, see, if it was animated, we might get Ron Simmons to voice one of the characters. No, but he could still be a stormtrooper. Maybe he walks by and is like, I don't want to be a stormtrooper. I, I want him to be a Jedi. And that's the only thing he ever says in any of the shows. Just well, walks it, by a bunch of younglings. It, 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 I mean, depending on how they dress, it, it could fit like how they debuted, you know, when they be, when they were the Acolytes. They were mm-hmm. wearing the hoods. They were part of the Undertaker's crew. So oh, it's so perfect before they you know turn to a life of beer swilling poker and uh, doors that have no connection to anything physical in the known universe so and helping to renovate timmy white's uh <sighs> pub one yes. one bar fight at a time yes uh, Star Wars Skeleton Crew, uh, which is uh, described as a series that takes inspiration from beloved 80s film, The Goonies. Uh, and so let me see. That is the two. I think it's a two and then three, right? Yeah, two Star Wars and then three Marvel projects. So the Marvel projects are uh, Echo, Marvel's Echo, which I've seen uh, some trailers for, mm. um, which, you know, this is the problem I'm finding with Phase 5 is just there's so much time between things that when they bring some of these series out, it's like... I I've forgotten who some of these characters are. Well, I think part of the problem is it's 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 become so far flung mm-hmm. with just the they've they've the introduction of more and more and more and more and more and more and more. And I get why you're doing it, but at the same time, it it's starting to take on you know. And I'm I'm as big of a Marvel shill as the next guy. It's starting to really take on the, the feel of like let's throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Um. I hope I'm wrong. I'm hoping it's pulling together in some way, but yeah. Mm. Uh, the other one is uh, Agatha, uh, the Dark Hole oh, Diaries. That one I'm ready for. I'm well, ready even for still, that it's one. been it's been three years though. Like mm. Wandavision was 2021, and it's going to be like three years since then. So yes, it's like Catherine Hahn knows no age. Okay. All right, I'll take your word for it. Uh, and then the third show will be X Men '97, which uh, is sounds kind of interesting. Uh, it'll act as a direct sequel to the beloved '90s show X Men: The Animated Series. I don't know if this is animated itself, though. I believe it is because is it? it's. Okay. I mean, the original was animated, so I'm guessing it is. Well, I didn't know if they were doing an adaptation into. I can't imagine <laughs> it live action or something. They're okay. already going to do a live action movie. You'd. you'd you know, that's gotcha. that's some serious DC stuff where they like, hey, we have a television show. Now we're going to have a movie and they don't cross over whatsoever. Yeah. Well, quick update. Uh, quick slant. Still 62 percent favored to win. Just one Uncle Todd to know. All right. Uh, any other wow. thoughts on glad, uh, uh, glad nothing big has happened in the last five minutes? Well, I just Ooh. figured you'd want to oh. know. Whew. 
Uh, anything else mind. on the disappointing disappointing news of Andor season two? I mean, it sucks, but this is going to bound bound to happen with at least a couple of things that we were somewhat looking forward to, um, because you know, production time is production time, and post production time is post production time, and and you can't rush some of these things because you just can't. There's only so many people working on stuff, so this is the this is what we deal with. But hey, you know what? If if writers actually aren't getting hosed over, and you know other folks aren't getting completely boned in the in the movie industry and entertainment industry, <clears throat> hey, I'm okay with that. I, it's I can wait. I can wait. It it's it's a bummer, but it's it's not going to you know upset my life. Yeah, and hopefully it'll benefit other people's lives. Absolutely. Well, we're keeping it short here because we may go along with uh, the main event here. So uh, that, my friends, is a trim. For the holidays, we can geek. Well, thank you very much. And now we need to get on to something. Oh. Oh, Phil's calling. I do like this uh, updated version of the song, honestly. Oh, I could, I could just sit here and listen to that on loop for like the next hour, and it would be terrible listening for the. For the Absolutely, actually, it wouldn't be terrible listening. It would probably improve our podcast statistics. Hey, for my it's an Spotify hour loop of cult of personality, for my Spotify unwrapped last year, that was the most listened to song for me. Uh, Are you serious? Would, cool, because because I have this like workout playlist mm. and i like to you know i play it on shuffle but that one would always come up it, it's also one i would always start with you know I, like i just i like that song there's an energy to it you know so yeah. uh this year um it was not the most played um that was I'm trying to think uh, i think it was probably something from rush but it was the second most played tom so. sawyer i'm guessing uh maybe I think it was something a little more deep than that, but, but yeah, so, uh, our, our main event, uh, you know, we are in the throes of the holiday season. And so, uh, being the idiots that we are, we're doing as much of an anti-holiday uh, episode <laughs> as we can. Uh, we're not doing anything even remotely close to wrestling in the month of December. No, we're going back to the summer of 2011. Yeah. Well, whatever. Money in the bank is the pay-per-view hailing, uh, from the Allstate arena, uh, in Rosemont, Illinois. Uh, this would feature the, uh, basically a, a, a very, um, how do I say it? It, it was a unique storyline going into the match and it featured what would become kind of a hallmark of CM Punk, which is when he enters into Chicago, the place goes freaking ballistic. Oh yeah. Um, it, it, it was it was just incredible. Um, but what and I'll get into some of that context in a moment. So it's uh, it, this was in July of 2011 uh, money in the bank. Um, what led into it was really interesting because at the time and I was reading about this last night, um, I, I have some reference articles that Uncle Todd can post in the show notes if you're interested in reading up on it. Mm -hmm. But what was very interesting was at the time uh, Cena was um, I, I think the prior pay-per-view was called Capital Punishment. And Cena was main eventing against, of all people, our good friend, R-Truth, uh, for the, yeah, R-Truth. So there wasn't a lot of heat in the in the world title realm, if you know what I mean. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I got got. <laughs> you got them jelly rolls? <laughs> you got them all? You ate them all? <laughs> Good I got to go to catering. Get, oh, my gosh. Just a national treasure. He is fantastic. Um, 
so at this time, CM Punk, uh, this is a pre-cult of personality punk. So when we actually watch mm. this, you will hear uh, his theme song, which interesting bit of trivia. When you hear it, um, it was actually originally, uh, I think, earmarked to be Randy Orton's uh, theme music. And then I don't mm. know if it was due to injury or something else, but they decided to pair punk with it, <laughs> which I think was a sore spot for Orton for a while until he got what is now his music that is what he is known for you know so from from lemons come lemonade you know for for randy sure um but uh, but nonetheless uh punk is you know at the time positioning himself as you know the unappreciated uh he's a heel but as the unappreciated talent who was always you know had to claw and fight his way which is true and and this has been this has been the charm of punk is that when he does storylines that blur reality those mm. are the best storylines and so uh he starts what is called uh because he did it was called summer of punk when he was in ring of honor he did a similar thing, but what he does is he works in the reality of the fact that, um, like he starts talking very openly about his contract is up at the end of July, um, which happens to be the last day of his contract, like at midnight happens to be the night of money in the bank. And so, um, I couldn't really find, I was trying to dig through and figure out how he landed the world title shot, but he ends up with the world title shot against John Cena. Um, he drops, uh, prior to that in about middle of June. So about a month out from the event, he drops what is considered the pipe bomb promo, which is, um, again, a lot of, uh, a lot of boundaries are being broken at this time. Uh, the promo, you know, he, he calls out to, uh, you know, friends of his who, you know, he like, uh, Colt Cabana, who was no longer his friend. Yeah, I was going to say, I was um, just, I just was watching his documentary on, yeah. uh, on Peacock the other, the other night and just that whole opening section about Colt Cabana. I'm like, Ooh, yeah, this is not aged well. <laughs> no. Well, and, and, you know, in some ways it's sad, you know, like, like you don't want to see friendships blow up like that, but apparently, you know, so, so like enough happened where, you know, they just aren't anything well, anymore. And he's, he was very upfront in that. I mean, he, he kind of went that direction with his brother, you know, yeah. with family, with other people like, all right, you want to burn me. Maybe yep. you get a second chance, but after that, no, I have no problem crossing you off the list. Right. Right. Jeez. And so when he drops this promo, he he's speaking a lot of truth to his situation where he, you know, he's coming off of um, a couple of, you know, he did the Straight Edge Society, which was a, a phenomenal heel run that, that was, you know, if, if the documentary is true, um, you know, he, he crafted most of that, you know, and he, he brought it to Vince McMahon and they ran with it and, and, and he had a, a he did phenomenal business in, in that act, but then it eventually wound down and he spent some time as kind of the leader of the Nexus. And then he kind of broke off from that into, into this new personality where he's, he's, you know, kind of, he's starting to frame himself as the voice of the voiceless, you know, and, and, and this, this, uh, you know, this paragon of, of the oppressed where, you know, he, he is a talent who has never been featured in the main event. He's, he's not given the same opportunities as someone like a John Cena. And so um, he talks up a lot of those, those grievances and it turns into this just, you know, historic promo where, you know, he says a lot of very candid and transparent things about Vince McMahon about Triple H, about Stephanie McMahon at the time that not a lot of people say and you don't really hear. And so when you're listening to it, you're like, whoa, you know, like it, it was probably for me the, the closest throwback to like 1990, late 90s, you know, raw, because there was always when Uncle Todd and I were were in our palatial estate at uh, 137 Lilac Lane, um, 
I got to tell you the, uh, you know, the, the wow moments were almost weekly at that time, but this oh, yeah. was, this this one came out of nowhere, like out of the doldrums of just not a lot of interesting things going on in WWE television. This one stood out. This was big. Mm. And so, um, so he positions himself as, as this kind of oppressed, you know, man against the machine. The machine isn't behind him. It's by, you know, it's behind folks like Cena. I think it's the week before the event, he cuts this great promo with Cena where, you know, Cena being from Massachusetts really. Um, and, and, you know, Cena at the time throwing, you know, whatever, you know, insults at him, he turns around and, and punk basically says, you don't even realize it, but you're the New York Yankees. You're the very thing that you hate. And, and I mean, it was, and it was beautiful and they're in Boston and the fans are cheering punk and they're booing Cena because of what he says. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just like, like that's art. That is just beautiful art. When you see two guys who are just taking reality and bringing it into this fictional world in a way that makes it feel believable, you know, and Mm -hmm. oh, it's phenomenal. So, um, oh, other thing from the pipe bomb promo, I think I said this, I don't remember, but he brings up like ring of honor. He brings up new Japan pro wrestling. Those are two franchises or two promotions you never heard mentioned on wwe at the time so i mean just breaking all sorts of boundaries and not and, to mention norms. you know that was the that was the origin of i'm a paul Heyman guy oh thank you yes thank you thank you yes that is bringing Heyman paul... kind of back to awareness because yep. he'd been out of out of uh you know national spotlight on tv and all that for a couple of years yep yeah and then in storyline um vince tries to sign punk punk makes a bunch of ridiculous demands that vince doesn't want to meet and so we go into this match with the story being Punk is getting a world title shot. And and again, they're kind of playing off the fact that in the past, you know, Medusa taking the WWE woman's title to some other promotion and dumping it in a garbage can like it's happened mm-hmm. before, yep. that he will leave as an unsigned talent, potentially holding the world championship for WWE. And what is he going to do with it? Mm-hmm. I will jump ahead to the end of the match and spoil it for everyone and let them know that when Punk what, does, what, what, oh. what? I want to talk about him putting the uh, belt in the refrigerator <laughs> you remember that he, no he I don't a, he takes a picture he puts the belt in the fridge and takes a picture of it and puts it on Twitter that is pretty good. That is very good. That is very good. But back, back before that, Twitter lost its ever loving mind. Ah, uh, yes. Actually, if it ever had it, really, let's be honest. So, anything else I missed, sir? Thank you for calling out the Heyman thing because that's important. Because Heyman does become part of his run as champion. Uh, he does end up going on like um, he wins, he loses the belt, he wins it back, and then he goes on that four hundred and thirty-four day reign. Like he's really the one that brought this whole idea of these long title reigns. To, to be like, like this is how he bring, cause he's such a, an, a student of, and a, an appreciator of wrestling history. Mm-hmm. And that was always his thing. He always wanted to. And one of his gripes with WWE that led to him leaving was the fact that he strongly believed that if he's the world champion, he should be in the main event. And he, he would, he was the world champion, but he wasn't being booked in the main event. And so yeah, it led to a lot of frustration. Stupid. Absolutely stupid. Yeah. But yeah, no, the, I love the uh, the inside the ropes promo where where Heyman is talking about all of that and how he how he came to become you know teamed up with Punk yeah. on TV and all that and and it's just it was great you know yeah. down the road how that how that all happened you yeah. know 
Yeah, it's phenomenal. So we're going to uh, do uh, our episode here as we watch uh, this match back. It is on YouTube. We will post a link to it. Um, We are going to watch through the introductions instead of skipping right to the start of the match because uh, this, like I mentioned, features... And, and at the time, this was, again, eye-opening. Like, you never saw a guy get this kind of reception anywhere. Like, mm. no matter if they're in their hometown, you just never saw it. Not to the length and not to the sort of volume that Punk gets. And it's not even just Punk. Like, Punk gets a major pop. Cena <laughs> gets damn near booed out of the building. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember... <clears throat> I don't remember the last time... I mean, maybe Tommaso Ciampa, when he was fighting Johnny Gargano in NXT and walked out to no music as the heel, and the entire place just rains booze upon him. I mean, not since, like, when I saw that, had have I ever seen a booing happen like this, but Chicago is firmly in Punk's corner. Oh, um, yeah. They, they, a lot of signs that say, if Cena wins, we riot, that sort of thing. I mean, it's it, like, it, it's like Ernie Banks, Walter Payton. Oh, my God. CM Punk. Yes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. There's, so there is the holy trinity for for Chicago, apparently. Indeed, indeed. All right. So, with all that said, sir, are you ready to partake in what is and and you know part of this too is it's a damn fine wrestling match. I mean, I've talked a lot about the build up to it, but it mm-hmm. is a really good match, um, paced very kind of old school style. So I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. I am as well cuz uh I've never seen this match and uh I can't say that I'm a humongous fan of John Cena matches. So I am mm. anxious for this one. All right. Are we ready? I'm ready. All right. 3 2 1. Here we go. <coughs> Crowd is hot. Oh yeah. And they're Chains letting it started. They're letting it breathe. They're totally p- milking the moment before they start the theme music. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is crazy. I don't remember. I mean, even Cena in his height, I don't think got anything like this. I mean, he got booed or he got cheered. Here we go. And there goes the pop. Wow. Ooh. Look at that Titan Tron as the I briefcase. Know. I didn't. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. That is. This is a great set. What do you think of the theme song? Oh, theme song is money is just uh, money. <laughs> no, the theme song is awesome. Well, I mean, considering it's pre cult of personality, which he's known for now, it's yeah, yeah it's it's pretty rocking. Oh gosh, he does that just that smarmy grin so well. Is that idiot with the Cena shirt? Yeah. And I love this movie he does when he does it's clobber in time, and then he turns around with. Like this is this is the introduction of the best in the world concept. Like he I mean, he talked about it in the pipe bomb promo. He talked about how he's the best in the world, but yeah. This is him, you know, kind of wearing the brand now where he is he is that. But man, the crowd is amped for this match. Yep. We got Michael Cole and Jerry the King Lawler on commentary for those interested. Heel Michael Cole. This is heel Michael Cole at the time. Oh, God. This all led to a 2012 WrestleMania match between the two of them where I think Lawler stomped a mud hole in him. Which means Lawler's the baby face, which means this is just completely intolerable. All right. Now, think <laughs> if about the Punk theme loses, music. we riot. Yes. Oh, my God. Now, think about this. Like, like, just take it all in the music. And oh, then did what, you see the sign, the, the Colt sign? Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> anyway, sorry to cut you off there. Now watch what he does here and tell me this doesn't like the music doesn't enhance the scene. Yeah. What's my effing name? 
he's the heel. <laughs> yeah, that's the part we seem to forget in this match is he's the bad guy. <laughs> and this is incredible. Like, watch how he just like gets the crowd, just gets him amped up even more. Gosh. How did how has he not been elected mayor of Chicago yet? Is what I want to uh, know. You know, at this point, he's back in WWE. Stranger things have happened. So I, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we've got a we've got an alumni who is a governor, so why not? Oh my gosh. What does LA Knight say about this? A little crisscross applesauce. Yeah, yeah, sitting Indian style. <laughs> yep, crisscross applesauce in the middle of the ring. Jeez. This is yep. as good. It's almost as good as Austin sitting on the turnbuckle in the Royal Rumble, just waiting. Yeah, yeah. Look, looking at his wrist with no wristwatch. Yeah, just taking it all in. Just taking it all in. That's an intense dude right there. It is. I just want to know how, like how that how that lip ring has never gotten like yanked or something. Skill and luck. Listen <clears throat> to that. And again, the big pause before we even get get the champ introduced yep i love what he's talking he, he, there, there's some folks in, in the front row i think it's family or it might even be that ace steel guy who's like his trainer yeah he's kind of like pointing to his ears like is it loud enough for you punk city wait is that Punk's- is that we got booker on commentary too bookers on commentary yep you can barely hear them yeah Guy just stands up and the place goes ballistic again. Yeah, that's Ace Steel right there in the flannel shirt. I want my CM Punk commemorative cup. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. This is taking forever. Yeah. They are. They're just milking this. Well, get ready, because when Cena comes in, it's going to go from elation to absolute hatred. It's incredible. I can't wait. He's pumped. Let the hate flow through the you. crowd is pumped. Let's Gee, have Cena. Think? Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, have you ever ha- heard a resounding boo like that before? Not for the baby face. Holy moly. What I love is, watch Cena. He just walks out, and it's this like, is, heads down, I'm going to the ring. I'm not even going to try. Yeah, there's no shtick. None whatsoever, because nope. it's like, that's not going to work. <laughs> that's great. I thought at one point he tries to throw the hat to the crowd, and then the crowd throws the hat back in the ring or something like that. It's pretty funny. Oh, well, I mean, that would be a very Chicago thing. I mean, isn't it like Cubs games where they throw the home run for the I love how he just holds the back? belt up, heads down. Yep. CM Punk. Oh, is that Cabana right there? Oh, that's Cabana. Back in happier days. Yeah. Hey, look, Cena has hair. He does. John's going a little thin on the on the top these days. Apparently in WWE 2K23, they actually put that in. So like when you see a back shot of him, you see like the little like bald spot in the back. Yeah. It's kind of funny. <sighs> Which I mean, it ought to be. Hey, you know, I mean, I'm I'm telling you right now, I'm thin in the front. It's happening, you know. Yep. Yeah, Punk is uh, clapping quite voraciously for Cena. Oh, that is so sarcastic, though. Absolutely, so sarcastic. 
Who's he swinging at? What? All of a sudden, John Cena is going to do shadow boxing? Yep. He's Rocky Balboa. Jesus. Yeah, this is back when the WWE title was the spinner belt still, which I hated. You know what's kind of funny? This yes. dude sounds an awful lot like the the lady who's the who's their announcer now. <laughs> <laughs> or vice versa, I guess, would be the... Like, his voice is a little bit higher. Wait, couldn't get Finkel to come out for this uh, this one? Apparently not. Apparently Finkel was uh, busy this night. I, I rewatched that clip the other day. It was still just <laughs> awesome. <laughs> the best is when Punk comes out and looks at his wrist like, what the heck, man? <laughs> yeah. Took you a little while. Look at it. What are you, what are you doing, John? What are you doing? He's trying to make it feel like a big prize fight. That's what he's doing. Last I checked, he wasn't part of the Dudley family. What's he throwing up the 3D sign for? <laughs> I don't know. Look at the jawline on these two. Like, has have you ever had like <laughs> two like crisper jawlines in a championship match? That's like, a jawline I can set my watch to. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> oh God, we've spent way too much time together. <laughs> we've spent way too much time together. It's frightening now. Oh yes, it is. God, like a married couple at this point. <laughs> I like Cena doing that like leg drag where he's kind of like walking and then he like drags his leg behind him. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's got to take some muscle there. Now, one of the articles I have in our outline talks about how Cena and Punk just have remarkable chemistry in the ring together and how when they've wrestled each other, um, like it was funny. It was talking about one match in particular here. Match starts out. Um, where you know typically punk being the the heel like like typically the heel calls the match and so really i didn't know that yeah i i didn't either and when cena first fought punk they get in punk gets him in a headlock and so cena starts calling moves and punk's like looking at the referee like what is this guy doing and he starts like (laughs) he starts calling the match and cena's like all right, I get to have a night off where I don't have to like, you know, general the whole thing. And so, yeah. so he, he, I, basically he earned a lot of uh, respect. Like he has a lot of respect for punk after that. So that's funny. So we're going into headlocks some rest holds. What I like about this is they're, they're starting it out as like, it feels like an old school wrestling match where they're just kind of like getting into yeah. ooh, a little snap mare into a headlock. There we oh, go. And I love the boo for the headlock. Yes. Punk working his way out of it. I think he's calling the match now. He's whispering in Cena's ear. I don't think it's sweet nothings either. What is that? I can't quite catch the chant. What is it? I can't tell. You can't wrestle. Oh, you can't wrestle. Okay. (laughs) Love it. I mean, Cena can wrestle. I mean, he's. Oh, yeah. He's not a technician, but you know. Look, <laughs> CM Punk wants to make sure. Like, you're not saying that about me, are you? <laughs> that was beautiful. Oh, the little wave. Oh, 
Cole with the dumbest call in the world. Punk is flat on his back, and he's calling an Anacon device. Th- that's that's a submission move that Punk does, but he has to be sitting like next to his opponent, like upright, like yeah. not laying on his back. So Cole, once again, proving his worth back in the day. Uh, it's taken a long time for me to warm up to Cole. It really has. Yeah. I, uh, it seems like he's kind of settled into himself at this point. Punk working his way out of it. So, you know, again, yeah, that a lot just of rest up on life. A lot of rest holds here. Well, you got to, I mean, the thing is, like, this works when you know that you have a crowd yeah. that is this wired in. Like, okay, yeah. take your time. They're with you. Yep. What, ta- what time are you at? Are you at 213.56? Uh, two yeah, just just past fifty nine, yep, fourteen, okay. right? Yeah. By the way, my team is seventy eight percent favored to win now. I just want to let you everyone know. <sighs> just, just you know what? Let me enjoy this, would you? <laughs> nice. Now, who is the referee here? Uh I should know his name, but I don't. I think he's, I think he's Road Dog's brother. Oh, Armstrong, something. Yeah, around. one of the Armstrong brothers. I just so the funny thing name. is, I just saw there was a, a short on YouTube, and it was Mike Kyoto talking oh, okay. about meeting Mike Tyson, and how Mike Tyson came up to him and was like, "Hey, you're Mike Kyoto." He's like, <laughs> "You know me?" He's like, "I'm a big fan of yours." Oh my gosh! <laughs> and Kyoto's like, "Mike Tyson's a fan of me. What's wrong? What's going on?" Yes. He must have been like, oh, this has got to be a rib. This has got to be a rib. Yes. We'll put you up to this. Exactly. In the meantime, some some beautiful wrestling here going on. I don't mean to like go off track and go no. all John Madden here, but. I mean, when, when Punk throws that drop kick, have you ever heard a bigger response for a drop kick? My God, no. the crowd is going absolutely insane. Well, and that's the thing. Like you can when you have and this is why it's so good having a main event with people who can actually do something like this because you yeah. don't have to slow the match down by just standing around the whole time like you can actually be actively doing things having an exchange but at a slower pace yeah it's why it's why honestly roman reigns matches suck except yeah. for the opponent oh right. that was beautiful the taunt oh there it is you can't see me oh oh he's going for his move no one gets it so again, you know the, the beginning of this match. It is really cool how how it's like a tit for tat sort of mm-hmm. back and forth. You know, Cena gets the better of Punk, Punk gets the better of Cena, and they kind of reset. Yep. And again, it it works because you have at least one person. In this case, you have two guys who can actually wrestle, and you have like heat on both sides. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's the wrong heat. <laughs> it's like opposite world, but you know, whatever. Basically. It's it goes back to like the days of, you know, whenever Bret Hart was, uh, you know, in the U.S., he's a heel. And every time he's in Canada, he's the baby face. Doesn't matter yeah. who he's against. I love the vicious kicks by Punk. Oh, yeah. When they just it looks it looks stiff, you know, right. With, right. Yeah, it does. He does a nice job of that. Punk gets seen in the corner. He's going to give him a little, uh, give him the business. Ooh. 
He didn't quite get as good of a, a turnbuckle uh, bump yeah. as, as Bret Hart. He but didn't that's get the Bret Hart good. snap that, that Hart would always get. Yeah. There's a couple of times during the match where Punk, like, when he signals that he's not giving up, he's just kind of, like, shaking his finger like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Dikembe move. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, it's too funny. Uh, just great back and forth between these two oh, guys. Geez. Yeah, that that was a vicious that was a vicious clothesline. Oh, little snug, little <laughs> snug, hands up, little snug. Jeez. Like Punk is still trying to feel like if he has a tooth left or not. I mean, it's kind of funny. Yeah, you know, right now goes, he's no, no, no. He's counting fillings as he's in this as he's in this headlong. One, two, three, four. Damn it, this. There's a couple. That was expensive. Spots. Yeah, there's a couple spots in this match where you're kind of like, dang, did they really like get hurt or not? You know, like it it looks like it's hard to like you know fake your way out of that one. But oh yeah. Well, I mean, and that's that's part of the deal of being in the main event is sometimes like, well, you got to lay that in there to make it look good. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's yep. a lot of money riding on this. I mean, isn't it incredible how they've been like making like the the crowd is firmly locked into this and they're just doing like these rest holds and headlocks. Oh, it's yeah, awesome. this, this been 50 percent of this match has been in a headlock. It's remarkable. And then, and then a what was that was like what a back suplex, back suplex into a pin, which which I mean know, no one's pedestrian move wise, right? No one's won a match like that since 1993. Yeah, basically, no. Good on oh, you, sir. That was actually a that was even a actually Cena did the better uh, turnbuckle bump. I think so. I think the key is like you have to almost stiffen your entire body right on impact. Well, and I think you got to lean into it too. Like when Hart would do it, I mean his whole like chest went in there and he just oh, bounced. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure that probably helps dissipate some of the impact. Like I'm sure there's something to that. Like, yeah, you get your head out and that allows you to take a little bit more of it or something. Oh, Oh, was that really a fisherman suplex? Cause that he didn't is keep not a leg. fisherman suplex. It looked was... like he was going for a fisherman suplex. Cole, once again with the crap call, that was more like a snap suplex if you had to pick anything. Michael Cole, 2011. I mean, at this point, he's 10 years in, and we're still getting this level of quality out of him. Yeah. Oh, are we going to get an attitude adjustment? Oh, oh, that was a crisp DDT. Oh, that, my gosh. Jake the Snake must have oh. grinned from ear to ear seeing that one. Like, the snap on that was crazy good. Now, granted, Jake was high as hell somewhere in a hotel room. Probably. But still, you know, he was he was... He grinned. He wasn't watching the show, but he grinned. Yes. I love this leg lock around Cena's neck. Again, like it looks legit. Yep. And I mean, honestly, yeah, you put someone in that and you really ratchet it in. They're passed out by now. It's just great back and forth. I mean, just so, so like I was kind of curious what your thoughts on this would be given like the pace of the Roman Reigns matches and stuff like that. But. I think you've already kind of hit the nail on the head because of the dynamic of the crowd. It changes things. You know, it's not well slow. It's methodical and the storytelling that's going on. No, no. See, it, it, it has to do with the crowd, but it's more to do with the, the actual wrestling ability of the participants. Fair. Because you can actually have moves. You're actually doing things. You're furthering the story of the, of the match. You're not just slowing it down and standing there for 30 to 40 seconds at a time. Unfortunately, that's what Roman Reigns matches are. Yeah. God only knows why that's a thing. 
and someone isn't like, hey, you've got to actually do something a little bit more. Yep. You know, but this is it's a slow paced match. But you know what? There Things are actually happening. You know, it's 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 something to watch, not just be like, OK, I could go take a pee and Roman will still be standing there. Yep. I think this is going to hurt. Oh. <laughs> that guy there, that's Ace Steel. That's his yeah, trainer. Yeah. That's his trainer. Yelling, yeah. Did you say Bobby or something? Like, what? Say what? Is that Cole Cabana yell, yeah, yeah, Bobby or something? Something like that, yeah. It's Phil. <laughs> Bobby who? I don't know. Maybe maybe this took place on Bobby Bonilla Day. I don't know. Maybe it's Bobby Armstrong is the referee. I don't know. Could be. Well, wait a minute. Wasn't that Bullet brought Bob Armstrong? Was that yeah. like an older You're dude? Right. Yep. This would be Bob Jr. Maybe. Maybe Bob Jr. <laughs> I love the knees to the abdomen, the uh just the way Punk kind of works that striker offense in. Ooh, into the into the bar, into the pole. The the the, the ring post spot is a little bit easier now. They have those those uh, LED screens around them. I I imagine. Well, and they sound more vicious because when they hit oh, them, yeah. those those they they like pop a sound. It was like oh, yeah, that was a that was a good move. Like I'm sure that's lengthened some careers. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice snug clothesline. That was. And what's great here is, you know, Cena isn't just dominating Punk. It's like, it's like Punk is looking viable against him. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. No, this is like 50-50. Yeah. Great, great match booking. You know, Punk's in control right now. And again, another headlock. <laughs> Targeted the neck. Okay. Sure, Michael. Whatever. Surgically repaired neck. Somebody get him an ice cream bar for a vendor and shut him up for a few minutes, would you? Meanwhile, I'm having my third single, baby. Oh, my gosh. Dude, my lungs are clear. This this is the elixir that took care of business. This is going to be great. This is this is uh, the man they call tea. Tim's cold medicine from now on. That's right. Somebody get daddy's cold medicine. Give me some Driftless Glen. I'll tell you what. Why don't you put on, put on some pants first? <laughs> that could have been anyone's ass. <laughs> oh, Cena making his comeback. Irish whip into the corner. Boot. Oh, and now we're wandering around. Oh, Ooh. Oh. Oh. So this is where I'm not sure if this is like legit or if this is just something they are doing in the match to kind of yeah. add some drama to it cuz Cena cuz that that was uh when, when Punk jumped off the top, he he grossly mis- misjudged the distance. He he came in way short. And Cena tried to like compensate by like catching him and then yeah. just crumpled into a heap. Yeah, he's not putting oh Ah, uh, that might have been legit because he really was oh. not trying to put some put some le- uh weight on that left leg. Yeah. Like I can't left? believe Punk took a suplex on the outside like that. Like yeah. that's just bats on concrete. Like there's no give. 
Mm-hmm. I got to imagine that his air is knocked out of him right now. Good Lord. Oh, wait. So it was it was his right leg, not his left. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe legit. Who knows? Yeah, there's not much. <laughs> there's not much to keep that from from hurting. No. Nope. Look at all the sweat on the mats for crying out loud. It's a tripping hazard right there. A slipping hazard. It's like Brock Lesnar level sweat. I want to know what, what sort of product CM Punk is using on his hair here because that's the first time his hair has budged in this match. Like that's Jimmy Johnson level stock right there. <laughs> What's that stuff called from the 50s? Uh, um, I can't think of the oh, name is it of it. Dapper Dan? You think <laughs> Brill no, Cream? Um, Oh, God, I can't think of it. Hold on. You're not thinking like pomade, right? Pomade. That's what I was thinking of. That's what I use. But I mean, like that's like another level. That's like some gorilla snot sort of stuff right there. (laughs) To keep the hair in place like that. Oh, scene is in control now. That suplex on the outside took, took the air out of punk. Punk's in trouble. Cole doesn't know how to respond to that. Well, Cole, Booker probably is telling more of a cohesive story than you are, boy. Jeez, Louise. Nice near Because he didn't do all five moves of doom. That's the thing. <laughs> well, it was five moves of doom, right? It was five moves okay. of doom. <clears throat> was Bret that Hart three? Had his five moves of doom. It was, it was kind of a thing for the great ones. You know? True. Yeah. That second, uh, second uh, turnbuckle elbow drop. Second turnbuckle elbow drop into a, uh, what do they call it? A, um, when he puts the guy next to him and then falls backwards with him. I can't think of the name of Oh, the Russian leg sweep? Russian leg sweep. Yeah. And then what was the other moves that he did? Russian leg sweep. No, he'd do the Russian leg sweep into the elbow off the top uh, or off the middle. And then I think he would go into, maybe it was like the three moves of doom. I don't know. Cena with an abdominal stretch? Wow. It's like, you're going to tell me I can't wrestle? I'm going to prove you wrong. See, the problem right here is he should just elbow him in the nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Cartman, when'd you show up? Cena's got uh, Punk twisted up like a pretzel. He's rallying. Oh, Punk is rallying. He's got the schnoz. That's it. Grab the grab the eye. The schnozool. Never has an arm drag received such an ovation. I love the double clothesline. Oh yeah, great use of the double clothesline here. Well, and the thing is, like, it was so close. Like, there was. It's much more plausible when you're that close, you know, to each other that you wouldn't notice the other guys going for the exact same thing you're doing. Yeah, and you're right about that product Punk is using, man. His hair is slicked back. It's immovable. Yeah. I mean, it's getting it's getting a little frayed now on one side, but the other side is still holding on. <laughs> it's pretty amazing stuff. My gosh, I really am. I'm, you're the one who's had all the bourbon, and I'm I'm the one morphing into John Madden. You are, especially with the uh, the look, the hair. Every oh, jeez. Punk took a nasty fall, but he still rolled him up, uh, did the schoolboy. 
The action's good. Oh, missed his knee, his patented knee in the corner. Oh, here we go. Oh, we're signaling for the five moves of doom. There we go. Five knuckle shuffle coming from John Cena. Oh, <laughs> that has got to be the. Why hasn't anyone thought of that before? Just boot him in the head when he bends over like that. I love that. It comes off the ropes just to basically push him in the freaking back. Oh, Punk as human torpedo. Oh, the back of Cena's head went right off that barrier. Yep. That couldn't have felt good. Dude, again, like this match, I don't know how far we are into this, but this is not boring whatsoever. About 20 minutes. I think we're about 20 minutes in. Nah, dude, this is... And yeah, it, it doesn't feel like like a long match, even though no. it is a long match. Yeah, I mean, we're not, we're barely, we're just coming in on the halfway point now, I think. Maybe this is a show idea that we should do at some point is what, what would be, and it doesn't have to be like to the letter of what wrestling fans would normally rate, but what would be our top five wrestling matches? This match would be in my top five. You're, you're, you'd be so far ahead of me in that. I I, I think Uncle Todd compete. could cobble together a top five of his favorite matches. I could I could cobble together a bottom five. Just you know what? One of your top five, five could be Dusty Rhodes versus Barry Horowitz. Whatever five matches you of Roman Reigns you want to pick, there you go. There's your bottom five. <laughs> Gave him the shuffle. Up into the attitude adjustment. Here we go. Turns the hard cam. Good man. Good man. Punk lands on his rear end. Mule kicks him. Punts him. Sweeps him. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the trifecta of kicks right there? I guess so. All he, all he missed Mule was some, kick, some punch sweet. and sweep. He needed to get a sweet chin music, and he could have won right there. That's true. That's true. Yeah, like back and forth in this match is just so well done on both sides. It's not just Punk coming back on Cena, but Cena comes back on Punk, and it's just oh, indeed. back and forth is beautiful. The give and take is great, and 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 like somewhat plausible, you know. Yes, like yep. within the quant context of the story, like oh, getting him in position for the go to sleep. Nope, gut wrench power bomb. Go for the pin, Cena. Scene is getting frustrated. Mm hmm. And hard. And again, the, the 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 cloud hanging over all of this is Vince is threatened Cena if he loses. You're fired. Which we know is not really gonna happen, but oh, yeah. I love Cena kind of resetting on, on the ring ropes there. Yeah, that was that was nice. Punk is stumbling. Oh, damn! That knee looks, looks stiff. freaking stiff. I think they oh. even replay that one in a moment. And you see, when you watch the replay, there's no give on that one. Oh my no. god! Oh, 
I think uh, Cena lost a couple teeth on that one. He judged that one a little bit better. Near fall on Punk. I think we're going to go to a replay now. Yeah. Watch this. Watch oh. this when he does the knee. I mean, that, th- th- there's no give on that. No. That's a full-blown knee to the jaw. Mm-hmm. Holy moly. Respect. Oh, jeez. Good Lord. Reminds me of that rock bottom I took in the backyard. Yep. <laughs> Stiff as hell. <laughs> Even my teeth were chattering after that. I can't imagine you. Oh, my gosh. This is it's... before Daniel Bryan turned this into a shtick. Oh. Oh, the STF. Cole. Tap out, punk. Tap out. <laughs> I love Cole as the uh, unrepentant WWE shill. Yeah. He's going to take the title away from us. Tap out. I love how Punk, like, holds his back, too. Like, you know, like really selling the pain. I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's got it. Gets the ropes. Chicago breathes a sigh of relief. <laughs> Their boy is still in it. But I love how how we're at this point in the match where Cena is like, you know, he's taking some, you know, he's taking a beating, but Cena is more with it than Punk is. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he's, he's stalking his prey at this point. Ooh, nice kick. Yeah. I love how, like, laborious it looks when he rolls him over. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's just like taking well, so selling much energy. Is- Selling is fantastic from both of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like actually wearing the effects of the match and not all of a sudden coming back to like 100% power, you know? Yep. Got two men who are beaten, bruised, battered, fighting for that championship. Fricasseed. I was thinking of of a blooming onion. Sorry. Kind of hungry. Uh, Uncle Todd's looking for that 10 or 11 o'clock snack. Oh, we're going to see Superfly here? Uh, we're going to see a Randy Savage. Uh... Oh, no, Superfly. I think you're right. Ooh. Oh. Like, that was beautiful. He's yeah. this close to landing his finisher, and he flips it into a submission hold, Cena yeah. does. That's freaking genius booking right here. Yep. And they have the crowd. The crowd, I mean, the way they go from absolute elation to absolute horror in, like, a second yeah. is just hysterical. I'm like, my God. He's not shaking the finger anymore. It's not no, no, no. It's like, maybe. I'm feeling it. Maybe. And he's punking up. He's punking up is right. Oh. Now, this is the Anacon device. So I asked you earlier, when CM Punk was on his back, was he anywhere close to laying this submission in as Cole called it? No, and Cole is now calling it a submission maneuver. Yes. 
Good lord. I mean, this this match is just unreal. Great psychology. Phenomenal back and forth. Two guys brawling for the title. One of them's leaving the company at the end of the night. The other is the company, you know, man. Oh, here we go. Attitude adjustment. He's got him here, right? Nope. Kicks out of it. Cena's like, what the heck do I need to do to put this man away? What in the Hulk Hogan? Even though he was a little snug on that knee earlier. Oh. That wasn't even a little. That that was like a couple hands up in the air. Oh, that was snug. a lot snug. Holy moly. That's that's one of those things where afterwards it's like, you know, if we weren't friends, one of us could be could have been arrested for this. You know, I gotta wonder how much of the crowd being behind him, you know, granted he's a Chicago guy and everything, but the fact that they know he's you know, if, if everyone's buying into the fact this is his last night with the company, how much more did that elevate everything? Mm. You know, as, a, as opposed to him just being the hometown boy trying to win the title, you know, yeah. like he not only could win the title, but he could leave with the title. Yep. Do you see and the it, guy with the We Hate Cena shirt in the front yes, row? Yes. That is <laughs> fantastic. Great. That is fantastic. I don't know uh, what Cena was trying to do there. Yeah, they were trying to go for a counter into a power bomb, and that yeah. didn't quite work. Punk's frustrated. Like, I love this. Like, both of them are getting moves on the other. They go for the pin. The pin doesn't work. And they both look like haggard. Like, what do I need to do? Oh, Punk is punking up. Yep. He is punking up. See, again, the selling. It's the little, the little bits of selling. Yep. Oh, that's nice. I love seeing it just walks up the stairs. Yep. <laughs> it's just like another day at the office up the stairs. Yeah. Oh. Kicked out at two and seven eighths. Yep. The crowd is, oh my God, oh, they yeah. have the crowd in their hands. It's just incredible. I've seen his look at the ref like, really? Come on, man. Can't you? Be, be can't a you, faster on that count. That, yeah, it was a little slow. That was a little slow. Not a little what's, snug. It was a little slow. It, is is Cena dancing or what? What what's going on here? I think he's uh, he's having a pep talk with himself. He's like, okay, brother, we're going to do this. He's stalking his prey. He's getting ready to layeth the smacketh down as only John Cena can on poor CM Punk. Notice he's behind him, so you actually can't see him. Ah, very eh? nice. Eh? Oh, here he goes in the attitude adjustment. It's all over. Let's see. Oh, he lands it. Kicked out at two and fifteen sixteenths. I love what Cena does here. 
jaw jacking with the ref. Come on now. Uh, for the folks at home, uh, Quick Slants is still 76% favored to win. I'm just going to pretend I'm not hearing that. We're about to go 8-5-1 and one and completely thwart the 500-season wish of one Uncle Todd. Yeah. CM Punk lying flat on his, or I guess flat on his stomach. All right, Cena's got uh, Punk here. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Punk is damn near out of it. Oh, 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 he's going to go for the super AA is what he's going to do. He's going to go for the super attitude adjustment from the top. Because when all else fails, you go to the top and do your finisher. See, the thing is, imagine how strong you have to be and how much trust you have to have in this guy. Yes. Oh, look at those elbows. Yeah, the crowd is into this, man. Oh, are we going to get the Pepsi plunge here? Possibly. Oh, nope. Wisely rolls in the corner. <laughs> Yeah, it has nothing to do with momentum, Cole. It's all about the game plan that Cena has. I'm going to get my butt whipped, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to roll in the corner. <laughs> oh, a little, a little thing of taking down the knee pad. I like that. I love, I love Punk doing the desperation dive to keep him in the ring. Yeah, that was such a nice touch. Like, like, look at his face. Like, he's just like you can just see. Like, I could have had him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now I got to go pick this lug up and push him back in the ring. Such a great match. Oh my gosh, this match is incredible. I know. I'm I'm forgetting to comment for long stretches of time. Thank you for carrying this because well, I'm just I'm I'm, I'm, I'm you know, mesmerized to, here. Trying to keep the people uh, entertained on this side. Um Well, you've had more whiskey, so I have. My lungs are clear. My you nostrils are no third, longer uh, draining. Now? What's oh, up? No chance in hell. Oh, here comes Mr. McMahon and Mr. Laurinaitis, the long arm of the law. But he's not. Uh, oh, yeah. And fellow uh, <laughs> fellow uh, defendants. Look at the look that Punk gives him, now. Is that not like the best stink eye you've ever yep. seen? <laughs> it's like you, you son of a <laughs> And what does oh. Vince do? Go call for the bell. Let's go screw him over like Bret Hart. Go, John, go. Run, Johnny, oh. run. Nice little stiff shot on one. Cena isn't having any of it. For a long time, I thought John said, that man's going to win that fight. To which I'm like, why would you say that and give away the ending? But he said, the better man's going to win that fight. And for a moment, Vince feels some shame. <laughs> for about a quarter of a millisecond. Oh, go to sleep. Laid in. Oh! Pinfall. We have a new champion of WWE. And his contract runs out about two hours when the event ends. <laughs> yeah. 
and Vince totally selling that. And the beauty of the story is if Vince doesn't come out, Cena might actually win the match. Yeah. Like he had him in the middle of the ring in a submission hold, pretty much dead to rights. And Vince screwed it up. Like, like I love the layers of storytelling they're doing here. Oh yeah. Vince causes the very thing he was trying to avoid, mm-hmm. which is now his world title is around the waist of a man. He does not have a contract with love the, the stink eye that Vince is giving him. Like you son of a gun. I, you know, the stink eye is just like a blank expression. Hey, and Phil's hair is still nice and uh, silky smooth after all this. A little more body now, but yeah. Yeah, a little more. A little more. Is Vince done, though? <clears throat> no, of course not. Vince isn't done. He's going to march his way to the announce table, and he's going to oh, make this right. Goes back there. Let's see. He puts the headset on. What's he going to say? Stop the music. Stop the music. Stop the music. What's he going to do? <laughs> Pulling himself together now. <laughs> So Alberto Del Rio had one money in the bank. So he's actually now forcing a cash in as a means of keeping the world title within his company. Wow. Which is actually kind of a, I mean, it's a crap maneuver, but it's actually kind of a good, it's kind of. Oh, uh, yeah. So he won, is this the money in the bank winner from tonight? This is the money in the bank winner from tonight. He's ordering him to come out. Oh now watch my gosh. what happens. Here comes, here comes Alberto. All the piss and vinegar he can muster. Boom! <laughs> Punk with the kick. Vince with a non-expression. Vince is like, uh, what do I do now? And then I love this. The crowd knows exactly <laughs> what he's going to do. And the kiss goodbye. And I love Vince with that little shrug, like, wait, come back. (laughs) You're taking my title. No one plays a bad guy done wrong like Vincent Kennedy McMahon. There it is. The world title is going home with punk. And roll credits. Roll credits. Wow. Well, sir, what did you think? <clears throat> Damn, that was a good match. Is that not probably one of the best matches you've ever seen? Drama. Um, yeah. I mean, in, action. Easily. Oh, my gosh. This is like my like 10th time watching this, and it I just <laughs> I love this match. <laughs> and that's only, and five of those were today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Wow. No, that was that was terrific. Five stars. Five, Five stars. St- yep. That that is I mean, storyline uh just everything about it is just so well. Oh, yes sir. Hang on. I'm getting I'm getting lights flickered here. Hang on a second. Yep. Yep. Seriously, Kaylin? So what we just had there was an attempt yes. by Kaylin to come down and, and scare me. And, and my wife inadvertently 
was trying to help Kalen by making it scarier, using the air quote, <laughs> by flicking the lights, which functioned as an early warning system. <laughs> so, good night. Seriously? Good night. Hey, this is Kalen's like third appearance on the show. eating a graham cracker. You should be in bed right now. Hey, you know, graham crackers, great bedtime snack. Listen, I don't need any help from you on this, all right? You parent your Good own job, kids. Good job, Kalen. Go. All right. Good night. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everyone loves Tim. Good night. Everyone loves Tim. Yep, I'm the bad guy. Everybody loves Tim. Go have that bedtime graham cracker. It's going to leave some crumbs in the bed, but man, you're going to sleep like a dream. Yeah, go ahead and eat 800 grams of sugar right before you go to bed. What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Oh my gosh. Oh, now they're fighting upstairs. This is great. <laughs> and you hear them up there. Dude, I'm telling you, the whiskey has cleared me out. I am like able to laugh freely without cough, without. Whiskey has you drunk. I am not drunk. I am feeling very good right now. I know you're feeling very good. (laughs) Anyways, so eighty-one percent projected winner, right, right here, ladies and gentlemen. My gosh. All right, I think it's about time we wrap this puppy up. Any Um, other uh, thoughts on the match, sir? No, I mean I can't think of anything else to add other than what we said during it. It was fantastically paced uh great you know again it's 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 bizarro world yeah you know the yeah. the, fa- the face is the heel the heel is the face and yep. you know finkel is einhorn and you know <laughs> now we get into finkel is einhorn. <laughs> we, we get punk running off with the title it was <sighs> it's great great storytelling all the it way was. around bringing vince out kind of the cherry on top of the sunday yep uh no the yep. whole thing was was so well done so well done it was. It was. Yeah, no. I mean, the the, the storyline behind it made made the whole thing and I love how Uncle Todd's looking behind him now every like 30 seconds like something's going to creep up on him. Well, the thing is like the the stairs going upstairs are right above the stairs that come downstairs and mm-hmm. so every time someone goes up the stairs to the second floor of the house, yes. I I think that they're coming down the stairs into the basement. I see. I see. It's easy to get confused. It is. And I'm just waiting um, for Kalen to make another. The attempt. end of the match, though, like like I said, I I, I love uh, the layering in of Vince and his shenanigans and how he kind of causes the very thing he's trying to you know avoid. Yeah. Um. I love the uh, the the use of money in the bank was really creative as as kind of a stopgap to kind of yeah. like save the belt. I mean, like all of that, all of it coming from the fact of a guy's contract coming to an end. Like I just I love how they not only did they run with that as the drama of the match, but they ran with it as you know, further drama after the match and Mm -hmm. just that, that, that pursuit of, uh, you know, trying to keep the belt within the company and, and kick, you know, punk to the curb. Of course, you know, the, the, the events that happen after this match don't quite, you know, unfortunately I think politics got in the way a bit and, and, you know, it wasn't exactly the storyline. I think people thought were going to, was going to be told, you know, I think punk drops the belt and then uh, he gets it back a couple of months later, goes on that long run finally, but, you know, never in the main event. And, uh, you know, just unfortunately, it's just not, you know, kind of the run I think that, that you know, he wanted to have. And it ends in a very frustrated punk leaving in 2014. Yeah. Um, but highlighting now with him coming back and with him coming back, being someone who I think the company recognizes as, you know, kind of a part time main event draw. Um 
you know, I, I think they, you know, again, where I think they're going with a potential Seth Rollins versus CM Punk for the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania, I think there, there's so much reality now they can weave into that match. And Rollins is a solid, solid wrestler. And so... Mm-hmm. My only fear is, you know, I hope Punk can keep up. You know, Punk is not wrestling a regular schedule. He's not really been in in it the way that Rollins has been in it. And, you know, guys 10 years younger than him have been in it. So, um, but I still think it'll be a great match. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with him. Tonight, he's supposed to uh, announce whether or not he is going to go to Raw or, you know, sign with Raw or sign with SmackDown. So I'm hoping there's going to be a little bit of a movement forward uh, with the Seth Rollins storyline and that it's going to be something that builds toward WrestleMania, you know, not anything that actually, you know, manu- you know kind of manifests itself at like Royal Rumble or something like that. So, yeah. But, well, I mean, uh, but also a, a bit of a retort. I mean, not like they're super close in age, but I mean, Rollins is no spring chicken. He's 37. Fair. Yep. Um, yep. Absolutely. You know, Punk is 45. I mean, eight years is is not an insignificant amount of uh, time between, you know, two athletes. But still, it's not like Rollins is, you know, 23. Um, so I think that there's, you know, I think there's a bit to be said for them being maybe able to go at similar levels, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just checked on cagesideseats.com. According to events on Raw tonight, CM Punk has signed with Raw. Mm -hmm. Seth Rollins hit the scene, made it very clear he hates Punk, and uh, this isn't his home, and he's looking forward to exposing Punk uh, as as the fake that he is. And so Punk then said, well, I'm going to enter the Royal Rumble, and if I win, I'm coming after your title. So that is uh, very interesting. Hmm. Very interesting. So we will will see how that plays out. Be very interesting because, I mean – if we're still trying to build towards Cody yes. at WrestleMania against Roman Reigns as, as you know, one of the nights and punks Rollins the other night, it makes me wonder how that will transpire in the rumble, because mm-hmm. that would be an obvious, like you have those two facing off at the end, right? And the drama of who's going to get the shot. And then do you, do you wind up doing some sort of, you know, hokey, you wind up doing a dusty finish <laughs> yep. and somehow you have both of them win. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it opens up a lot of possibilities. A it lot does. of possibilities. It does. We, it, we, I mean, it was kind of a foregone conclusion though, that punk was going to be raw after Orton signed with SmackDown though. Right. I mean, pretty much, pretty yeah. much. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our main event. Well, thank you, sir, for uh, coming up with this entire idea and uh, carrying it through uh, because, uh, you know, as previously stated, my life is still in the dumpster fire train. So, hey, carrying it through with 121 proof bourbon fueling me, baby. So I'm feeling good. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's pooped his pants twice. But, you know, look. At, oh, my gosh. What are you doing to yourself? I'm solid, man. I'm solid. I'm ready to go. Okay. All right. Calm down there, Sparky. <laughs> You're not getting called up to the main roster. Relax. I'm not. No. There is no main roster. We're not even in the minor leagues. Look, I'm a little snug. We're, I'm a little snug. We're, we're in like some you know flag football league in, low, in eastern Rochester, New Hampshire. That's where we're at. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for coming up with us, sir. What have you got for and another thing this episode? And another thing. Uh, my and another thing is a uh, fine film that my wife and I uh, took in last weekend, not this past one, but the one before. 
Uh, it is a movie called The Holdovers, starring Paul Giamatti. And I have to tell you, this is a a wonderful film to go check out. Um, one of the things that makes it really, really great is the um, the the adherence and the dedication to the '70s aesthetic of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, from the moment it starts, the audio is popping like it did. Like it took me back to, uh, and, and Uncle Todd will appreciate this. It took me back to the Strand when, mm. when we would go there and see movies. Like just that kind of feel to that movie theater. Um, they flash up. Like I don't know if you remember this, but from from you know uh, films from the from that era, from the '70s, early '80s. They flashed up the this big rating screen, you know, that basically oh, yeah. said, you know, rated R, you know, yeah. like I hadn't seen that in forever. Like that yeah. was something I remember seeing, you know, when I would go to see films, you know, that I saw with with my parents and stuff like that, you know, say PG or something like that. But um, but no, I mean, it's just like like just the little things. And then you get into the movie and what I think I really enjoyed about it. And we talked about this when we did our review of, of Rocky was um this film has a lot of long kind of pauses, you know, with music playing and with kind of just shots on the environment of, you know, this is, it takes place in a new England private school. It's winter, it's Christmas time. They do a lot to just to kind of establish the setting. There's just this pace to it that it just takes you back to that era. And, Mm -hmm. and it, it is just, it is wonderful. Paul Giamatti. I mean, if he doesn't get nominated for an Oscar in this movie, I, I, I mean, it, it's, it's criminal if he doesn't just such an amazing performance as this kind of lonely, bitter school teacher who ends up being kind of caretaker of these kids who, uh, you know, just their parents or their families don't come pick them up from the school for one reason or another. Um, that's why they're called the holdovers. Cause they stay, they basically spend their Christmas break at the school and, uh, and he's in charge of them. And it just, it kind of delves into his relationship with one of the students and it just goes in a really, really, uh, very touching direction. Um, I mean, it's hysterical. It is, it, 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 it plays this, this nice balance between being a drama, but being really, really funny. And Paul mm. Giamatti is hysterical. I mean, if you've ever seen him in other films that he's been in like sideways, I mean, he is an absolute riot and he continues that here plays it really serious, plays it really heartfelt when he needs to, but absolutely hysterical also when, when he needs to. And so, um, I would just highly recommend it. My wife and I really loved it. We thought it was a great film. Um, and, uh, and again, it's, you know, part of the charm was the throwback to an era that we remember, you know, films being in and how they were filmed and how they felt and and this captures it beautifully. So I would uh, highly recommend the holdovers uh, starring Paul Giamatti. Very nice. Very well, you, sir. Uh, well, I'm going to go with a book, but it actually is a book about film, so I guess we're kind of on the same page here. Uh, it is called Rebel Without a Crew, or How a 23-Year-Old Filmmaker with $7,000 Became a Hollywood Player nice. by Robert Rodriguez, uh, who I've mentioned several times here on the podcast and uh and to the chagrin of many people uh managed to shoehorn him into many uh conversations but it's i think it's just he's an amazing study in in working with what you have Mm -hmm. uh and and this this book is essentially a diary that he kept during the making of his first feature-length movie which was called el mariachi and Mm -hmm. Then the strange turn of, of events 
or the way that events, I guess, turned strange because it just wasn't one event, but how things kind of shifted in this other direction that was completely not what was intended. Originally, the movie came out of the idea of, of you know, of wanting to practice making feature length movies. His mm-hmm. idea was, well, every, every filmmaker has some bad movies in you, so might as well get them all out at the beginning. So him and his him and his uh, buddy Carlos Gallardo, I think is I'm I'm just going to say Carlos from now on because I might have made it I might have lucked into the right pronunciation there and I'm not going to tempt fate fate twice. Um, basically had this idea of shooting this series of like two or three movies for the Spanish home video market mm. who they both know like these movies are not good like they're not great movies they're just movies that people will rent and they're in Spanish. And, you know, they don't have to be good. People will just watch them, you mm-hmm. know, because they're, they want something that is, you know, in their language with, you know, with folks that they would recognize and all that. And, and you know, they're like, we can, we can get into this because everything is on video. We don't have, it's not, it's never going to be, uh, you know, in a movie theater or anything like that. It's going direct to video. We can do this and we can do it at a quality level that will rival, if not be better than what other people are doing. And so they, Robert Rodriguez got most of the money for the movie going into a medical hospital uh, and basically being a guinea pig or a lab rat, as he says, uh, for a month long experiment to get money f- to make his movie. Um, hmm. So he basically sold his body for science to make this movie and then worked without a crew. He was he did everything. Uh, in, in order to cut, keep expenses low, because he says in the book, he even says like, if you, even if you have people who are willing to work for free, you've got to feed them. So that's an expense. Like that's how little money they used on this movie. And it really goes into just like the, the real nuts and bolts of how he managed to work with whatever he could get. And it also goes into, you know, the idea of, okay, well, but here's the story. And here's how I did this from a story perspective to make it make sense. And it's fantastic because then the it goes into how he it didn't sell it to the Spanish home video market, ended up as getting an agent, and then it went in this totally other direction, which was as he as he had said, basically it it cost more as much for the Columbia Pictures to put their logo in front of the movie as it did to make the movie. You know, Mm. so just stuff like that is amazing. And just the fact that he goes into that, like, hey, anyone can do this. If you know how to do everything, you can be a very dangerous person because people are afraid of that. They don't know what to do with you. Um, And he's very open about just, you know, using new technology. Like he was very, uh, you know, very evangelical about digital film, you know, and he's like, why would you want to work with film? You can do everything on on digital now. And it's so easy and, and it gives you so much more freedom. But I, he's just a real interesting cat to me. And so I went back and reread this uh, and it's, it's inspiring. Even if, you know, you don't want to make a film, it's inspiring to see someone who's basically able to work with whatever they have laying around. And it's just like, I'm just going to do it. Forget, yeah. you know, I want to be a filmmaker. Go make a film. You're a filmmaker. Boom. Like he said, just go make your business card. You're done. Now move on and do the next thing. You know, uh, so I highly recommend it, even if you're not interested in, in making your own movie or anything like that. If you're interested in any creative endeavor, uh, it's well worth the well worth your time. And it's a it's a good quick read and it's a quality read and, and uh, has a lot of highs and lows and a lot of uh, a lot of good information in there. Excellent. Sounds very cool. Thank you. And I had nothing to do with it. But uh, 
hear him saying thank you. Like, oh, thank you. Thank uh, you. I appreciate the uh, accolades. <laughs> well, thank you all for, uh, I can say thank you for this because I did have something to do with the two-hour train wreck that you've been sitting through. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, we appreciate you sitting through our train wreck and uh, thank you for subscribing. And if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and uh, go to freerangeadc.com. You can uh, subscribe right there to the Podbean app. You can download individual episodes if you prefer. Or you can find us on any kind of the uh, other podcast purveyors out there, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, even though they, they don't pay us anything. Uh, they don't really pay anyone anything, so I guess we're we're right in the majority there. Um, Pandora, we're also on Google Podcasts. We're on a whole bunch of others. Just go ahead and search Free Range EDC. You'll be sure to find us. Um, if you have any thoughts, questions, or concerns, you can send all of those to Tim at FreeRangeEDC.com, and he will get back to you uh, ASAP, forthwith, if not sooner. Uh, if you want to follow us on the social media, well, go right the hell ahead. Uh, we are uh, at Free Range EDC on instagram facebook and youtube by the way on youtube you can find full episodes there so if you prefer to subscribe to the youtube's channel uh, and get all of your podcasts there feel free to do that as well uh, and now finally i'm going to wrap this up uh I've, i sped through this wow this is i don't know i don't know what that should i just like pause here i'm put myself in a headlock it's okay if we're under two hours man good lord (laughs) (laughs) anyways uh but uh, i'm gonna turn this over to the uh, the less idiotic of the two idiot idiots idiots who run this (laughs) yeah my who's who's been drinking i know Uh, i was gonna say uh which of us (laughs) i'm I'm getting sympathy drunk (laughs) it's like it's like my wife was getting pregnant i couldn't get sympathy weight but i'm getting sympathy buzz from tim's uh bourbon consumption anyways i'm gonna turn this show over to the less idiot idiotic of the two idiots who run this show uh, but not before i ask the most second most important question in all of human history the first of course being what is hip the second being what in the hell did we learn this episode <clears throat> we've learned the following my friend oh well thank you for clearing your throat we know this is serious business it now. is serious business uh <laughs> we've learned the man they call tim highly recommends 121 proof bourbon to cleanse oneself when feeling <laughs> under the weather or just when you're feeling a little down in the morning or whatever. <laughs> whatever suits you. Having a rough day at work. Well, a little 121 proof bourbon will brighten a everything up. This in, at lunchtime along with your tuna fish sandwich. Absolutely. Actually, you're, just dip it in there like some au jus sauce. Oh, good <laughs> Lord. I can't, even, I can't even go along with that one. Oh, good God. <laughs> Both in terms of the tuna fish sandwich and what that does to the bourbon. Oh, just uh, dissolve. It'd be horrid. We've also learned the man they call Tim Fantasy Team has uh, thwarted Uncle Todd's curse. Uh, we are at 84% favored to win. There will be no 500 season this this season. And he will go on to, once again, be reigning champion of the fantasy football universe. You are worse than Hulk Hogan. Uh, we've also learned Uncle Todd's family is apparently plotting against him, scheming to scare him at any moment. Yeah. So uh, that is excellent. Uh, we've also learned that Sam Esmail apparently has an outline and not much else when it comes to the BSG reboot. So uh, yeah. we look forward to the half script for next year and then the whole script the year after that. And as we have uh, centered this episode around CM Punk versus John Cena, Money in the Bank 2011 is one of the great wrestling matches of all time with a rich story to back it and a uh, hot crowd to uh, help make the drama feel even that much better yeah. as you watched it. Uh, and finally, uh, we have learned Uncle Todd is apparently taking credit for Robert Rodriguez's book by saying thank you. So we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and grant him that one. 
Uh, now, if I could have a little cult of personality as I close this out, please. No, this is a DJ situation. Why not? Just close it up because the outro music is already playing. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, as we like My to close gosh. things out here. <laughs> This is episode 148, ladies and gentlemen, and I have to inform him of how the show format works. Well, I'm not hearing it in my headset. I know it's going to be 121 playing in the episode. Bourbon has finally reared its ugly head. I simply wanted to. Maybe we need to play that when I'm doing what we have learned. I, I, I will ask for that next time. How's that? And, or, and or is I the will... outro music still playing as I'm doing that? It, no, it's it's all playing right now. Ah, like, dang it. Like, 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 Tim has apparently never listened to an episode either, so it's right here there with our wives. Well, folks, like my request to get Cult of Personality and it falling flat, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. The range is closed. Be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And until next time, we bid you adieu. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. Get out and don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. Oh, yeah. I don't know what to say to that. Well, there's nothing to say other than, you know, I wrapped it up in a timely fashion. What, what are did. we going to idiot's court now or something on this? We are. We oh, are. Okay. What, 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 what are we adjudicating tonight? We are going to adjudicate your fantasy football season, uh, which I still believe is <laughs> is going to end in the toilet. Oh. Are you going to be bouncing to the first round or something like that? No, I hope you get to the championship game and you get smoked there. Oh, okay. I hope You're... you get smoked like a brisket. It's going to be great. Is that a brisket gonna, with, with a rub or with a sauce? Someone's going to beat you like they're beating these bongos right now. <laughs> Good God. Oh, here goes Uncle Todd. He's going to start doing the shimmy here in a moment. Watch out. Oh, there we go. There, there, there's the shimmy. There's the slide. Oh, he's dancing. That would be great. As if uh, your daughter were sneaking up behind you right now to scare you in the moment of shimmying. Yeah. And pee myself. Uh, absolutely. Let's just be honest. Absolutely. Now get the hell out of here!